Welcome everyone, I'm your host, Greg McEwen, and today is episode three of four about my adventures at the University of Cambridge. In my book, Effortless, I asked an important question. What could happen in your life if the easy but pointless things became harder and the essential things became easier? At the end of this episode, you'll be able to replace one bad habit with a good one by making the bad one harder and the good one easier. Let's get to it. This episode is sponsored by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. (coughs) Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. So whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person point-of-sale system, whenever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. So sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, which is your AI-powered all-star. In my experience with every business that I have built, including this podcast, there are breakthrough moments, and those moments are often the result of finding the right partner. And I think that's a way to think about Shopify, because no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greg, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greg now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greg. To unlock more of your potential, sign up for the One Minute Wednesday newsletter. It's one of the fastest growing newsletters on the web right now. Go to gregmcewan.com right now to sign up and you get the first chapter of Effortless for free. The city of Cambridge is steeped in history and charm. It boasts a magnificent architecture and an unparalleled atmosphere, I think, of intellectual curiosity. The University of Cambridge itself was established in 1209 and is a testament to the city's rich educational heritage. While its lush green spaces and picturesque River Cam, which by the way is how Cambridge gets its name, the River Cam, which has lots of bridges on it, so Cambridge. All of that offers quite a serene haven for contemplation and sometimes relaxation too. The moment you arrive in Cambridge, in fact, you notice how many people ride their bikes. 
People cycle everywhere. Indeed, it is by far the easiest and fastest way of getting around. So that's my life now. I cycle to university, and the children cycle with me to Queens, to the business school, to eat, to shop. And every time we do, there is magic in it. I remember on, I think, my first day at the university, the director of my program asked me to go on a walk with him. And for two hours, we walked all across the town. We see the churches, walk through the parks, cross by the river, see little beautiful cafes and restaurants all along the way. And at the end of our rich conversation, we stumbled into how cycling had become such a thing. He said, if you cycle here, you're the king of the road, but it didn't happen by chance. In recent years, he explained, Cambridge has been taking steps to promote healthier, also more sustainable lifestyles by prioritizing cycling and walking over driving. It's a multi-year effort in which the leaders have tried to facilitate this shift in behavior, and they've been implementing measures to make it more challenging to drive while also making it easier for residents and visitors to cycle and walk. So as part of their efforts to reduce car usage, the city planners have instituted a whole range of policies. At first, slowly, one thing here, one thing there, and then line upon line and layer upon layer, this strategy has taken effect. They've closed certain streets to motorized vehicles. They've increased the size of the pavement, of the sidewalks, reducing the size of the roads. And one of the things you notice as soon as you try to drive in Cambridge is the total reduction of parking spaces. So once upon a time, as I'm to understand it, the bustling streets of Cambridge were crammed with cars, engines humming, tires squealing, contributing to the congestion everywhere. And as they thought of the thing that would be most pivotal in changing this, they just thought, well, we'll take the car parks and replace them with beautifully landscaped parks, public spaces, and cycling facilities, which serves as both an incentive for residents to switch to more sustainable modes of transportation and a means to enhance the city's aesthetic appeal. So green spaces have blossomed with vibrant flowers, lush foliage everywhere, and the modern bicycle storage units emerged, standing as some sort of testament to this overarching strategy. Now, what this means in practice is that if you try to drive anywhere in the city of Cambridge, it's extremely annoying. And I'm not hesitant to say that, but at the same time, the moment you're on a bike, you feel, let's say, relatively safe, and you can get anywhere faster than you can with a car. The boundaries, the restrictions have encouraged many residents to rethink their choices and consider alternatives. So there's this extensive network of safe, well-maintained cycle paths and pedestrian-friendly routes connecting key destinations like the schools, workplaces, cultural attractions, the museums. And so if you take yourself there, you can picture yourself strolling down the cobbled streets of historic Cambridge. You get to marvel at the ornate facades, the ancient colleges, the time-worn stone bridges that arch gracefully over the flowing river cam. You can imagine gliding, and I pretty much do glide, I'm not trying to break any records here, through the city on your bicycle. And I know it might sound a little poetic here, but there is something 
to that fresh air filling up your lungs as you navigate all these charming lanes and alleyways. So when London was dethroned as the best city in the UK, according to the Condé Nast Traveller, and was replaced by Cambridge, it didn't really surprise me. Now, maybe I'm overstating the point here, but what can we learn from Cambridge's example? The key takeaway here is that setting boundaries can be a powerful tool for achieving our most important goals. By making it more difficult to engage in unhealthy habits, while simultaneously making it easier to adopt better habits, we can create an environment that supports our personal growth and well-being. So what are some actionable steps that you can do right now to make it harder to engage in an unhealthy habit and easier to adopt a positive one in your daily life? One, identify the habit you want to eliminate and, importantly, what habit you want to replace it with. Write both down and keep them visible as a constant reminder. Create tiny obstacles for the habit you want to break. If you want to reduce screen time, of course, you can set app limits so you can move your phone charger away from your bedroom. I've been using the OneSec app recently, and all that really amounts to is taking one deep breath before you can get onto the app. The addition of just that little friction is enough to make me aware of the apps that I'm using. You want to eliminate as many triggers as you can. So whatever the trigger is for the habit that you had before, physically remove them. If you're prone to eating too much sugar, you've got to throw it out. If you're reaching for the TV remote as your first instinct when you sit on the couch, put it away somewhere. Modify the environment that you're in in order to be able to promote success. Your current surroundings, just like the University of Cambridge, make it easier to indulge in bad habits or making good habits more challenging. But by tweaking that environment over time, you can influence the outcome positively. Join forces with someone, a design partner, who can work together with you towards your goals. You can support each other, hold each other accountable, while, of course, celebrating the successes. I mean, literally, probably the single thing that you can do to make bad habits harder and good habits easier is to surround yourself with somebody who completely embodies what you're trying to become. We eventually do what our friends do. And if you want to read more about this subject, you can read chapter 10 from Effortless, that's page 133, or chapter 14 from Essentialism, that's page 163. And if you want to listen to another episode on the subject, go back to one of the first interviews I did on this podcast with the one and only B.J. Fogg, who of course is the Stanford professor, the great king of tiny habits. And you'll hear, I think, a helpful example of how to put this into place. With all of this, it's about creating an environment that supports your personal growth, your well-being, and you can start by implementing these actionable suggestions. And soon you will see that progress so that you can become more of who you really are and less of who you really aren't. So whether it's limiting screen time or encouraging healthy eating or simply spending more time outdoors, Establishing clear boundaries can help you break free from negative patterns and embrace a more balanced, fulfilling, healthy life. And that's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you, really thank you for listening. I hope you 
have enjoyed this little exploration of how boundaries can help you achieve your goals using the beautiful city of Cambridge as our inspiration. Remember, just like Cambridge, you can set your own boundaries to foster healthier habits and improve your overall well-being. What is one idea from today's episode that stands out for you? And what is an action you can take immediately following this episode to begin your journey to implementing it? And who is somebody that you can invite to be on this journey with you? If you haven't already done it, please sign up for the One Minute Wednesday newsletter. It's free and you'll get access to a PDF of Chapter 1 of Essentialism and Chapter 1 of Effortless if you sign up now at gregmcewan.com. Subscribe to the podcast and invite other people to subscribe as well. I'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.